Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. We are continuing our Set Apart to Serve series here on the Coffee Hour, continuing the conversation, talking about encouraging young people to consider church work vocations. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Leininger. He is campus pastor and pre seminary director at Concordia University Chicago which also happens to be our alma mater. Yes. Both of your hosts of the Coffee Hour. I was about to sing the alma mater, but that's for another time. <laughs> Dr. Leininger is also author of Callings for Life, God's Plan, Your Purpose, a book from Concordia Publishing House, which we chatted about here on the Coffee Hour. Mm-hmm. Dr. Leininger, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I am so glad to be with you and so glad to be having these conversations with Concordia Chicago alums. Thank you. It is, it's always fun to talk about church work vocations, but when you get to talk with a campus pastor about it and, and someone who literally wrote a book about vocation yeah, right? in general, this is going to be fun. So let's talk about your book for a little bit. It's been a while since we've chatted about that. Callings mm-hmm. for Life, God's Plan, Your Purpose. Tell us a little bit about where the idea for this book began. Thanks so much. I, I love uh, talking about this topic. And yes, I wrote the book on vocation, although uh, just, just to be clear that I didn't come up with the idea. Martin Luther, you've probably heard of him, a close personal friend of mine. He really, one of the great contributions to, of course, the church and theology is his rediscovery of this biblical concept of vocation or, or calling, but also a great contribution to Western society. And what I my motivation behind this was working in higher ed and working with a lot of wonderful college-age students, but also like in parishes and older people and young people. I think there's, I start off with the book about this myth and it's a, it's an enticing myth that's out there, but it's actually not biblical. And I call it the myth of the one great thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it really affects young people I think the most, it's this idea that there's one thing that you're meant to do in life. God's sort of predestined you to this and you got to go to college and, you know, take an inspirational class or meet a really cool campus pastor and he'll help you discover what your one purpose on this planet is. And then you sort of pay all this money and go to college and then you figure it out and you live happily ever after. And the the sort of cognitive dissonance on this is that this happens with practically nobody, right? <laughs> and we, we all know that we have multiple callings. And this is really a, a central part of, of Martin's rediscovery of the gospel is this idea that we serve God in multiple ways in the, our various vocations. I like to put a pass at the end. The various, I like to say that the faces, the places, and the spaces of our life, God is at work through us. And so there's not just one great thing we're meant to do. And sort of addressing that myth and then working out some more practical implications of Luther's theology of vocation was behind the book, and it's been really fun and successful. I'm I'm curious, and maybe we'll get into this in a little bit, how how that understanding of vocation also shapes men and women who are thinking of doing church work vocations, because that that myth can affect people who are going into church work vocations as well. That that this is like the one thing and the only thing. But how how does that how do those things 
kind of play out hand in hand? Yeah, that's a great question, Sarah. I think beginning with the misunderstandings of why you might go into a, a, a church vocation, A, in order to like really please God, you know, as if you can't please God being a mother or a truck driver, tr- truck driver or a radio host or, you know, a surgeon. There are, you, you, you don't go into church work in order to make up for past sins or because it's somehow gets you closer to God or you don't go into church work thinking that this is the only way that you can really please God. That's just simply not true. So I think that that's a that's an important place to start. And in a way, it's a it sounds a little bit negative. Like you know, why are you telling people not to go into church work? Well, I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there are multiple ways of serving God. And the great thing is to examine your own gifts and to see where the Lord might be leading you. And yeah, it's probably likely that it'll change a lot over over the years too. So that's that's where I would start with that. Now that the book has been out for a little bit, how have you had opportunities to, remind me again when it was published. It was last year, is that right? That's right, yeah. Or, yep, it was just uh, just after, as we're in the middle of the pandemic is when it was, I was just finishing writing it. How have you been able to see what you've written be put to use? How have you been able to use that as a, a resource when talking with, with students, with young people about church work vocations? Yeah, it's been really a lot of fun because Lutheran uh, high schools are using it junior and senior year, helping students understand uh, the variety of callings that God has placed on their lives, whether it's as a student or a son or a daughter or a teammate or a scholar. Uh, but also to have them think about the gifts that they have that maybe they 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 might be able to serve in the church as well. And so we're using it in, in high schools. Every freshman here at Concordia Chicago has to read this book, and I get to present with them and talk with them about the ideas. Um, this, some, some churches are doing sermon series. It's just a short five-point sermon series. It works really well because it's applicable not just to young people, but when you think about maybe in a older person that's in a congregation somewhere and they might think, well, either I missed my calling or my callings are done, or now that I'm retired, I don't have any calling anymore. Mm -hmm. So those issues are really strong in parishes with some of our older uh, folks in our congregation. So sermon series, book studies, college campuses, and I've been presenting in different circuits and things. It's just been a lot of fun. It's just surprising to me, to be honest, like how much this resonates with people because everyone wants to Think about, look, how, what's God asking me to do, right? I know this, the gospel. I know salvation is given to me through Jesus Christ and by my baptism. But what am I supposed to do with that? And people get excited about this idea that there are multiple ways that God can use you in the church and the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely resonating with me and something I've been thinking about a long time, too. So I will confess I have not read your book yet, but I absolutely need to because this is you're reminding me how much how how applicable this is for everybody, no matter their stage of life or their vocation, because things your skill sets change, your talents evolve over time, and and this is such a a, a great thing for everybody to be reminded of. You mentioned that <clears throat> you mentioned that you were able to talk with the college students around you, what were some of those conversations, the, the feedback that you've had, those the interactions that you've had with these college students when they are introduced to this this idea and, and all of these ideas that, that you talk about in the book? What are those reactions and those conversations you've had? Really, really stimulating, really fun. I mean, I, I 
think, Sarah, as you know, I love what I do. I love mm-hmm. being the pastor and mainly working with 18 to 22 year old folks, but then being able to go out to high schools or, or talk with young people about you know, God's plans for them. Of course, talking about the gospel, grounding it in the gospel, but then also having their hearts and minds open to the way that God is using them right now and how God might use them in the future. It's really fun. I think, I think the, the big one that big one or two points that is hard to kind of dispel in people. The first is that our callings are plural, not singular. We have multiple callings. And the second one is that they're actually happening right now. They're pre- most of our callings are present tense. And I think especially for young people, they're, they're rightly so. They're excited about the future and what is God going to do with me and how is he going to use me? And they spend a lot of time thinking about like five or 10 years from now, rather than stopping and saying, wait a minute, actually you serve God today, (laughs) not just in the future. And so those are the kind of fun conversations. One is about, you've got multiple callings, they're plural. And the second that they're happening right now. And once you get a young person sort of through those two ideas, and then the rest of the conversation really starts to flow in exciting ways. Through your book and conversations, how do you help young people see what their vocations are? What are the the ways that you help them identify what their vocations are? Yeah, I, I like to talk with them. First of all, just having them look around them, look at the faces in the places and the spaces. And what I mean by that is look at faces. Who, who's in your life? Who do you meet every day? The person that you meet when you're walking down the street, right? Who are the people that you see? Who's the first person you see? Who are the people you encounter in your life? That's, there's a calling attached to each of those people. And then I talk about the places. Where do you live, work, and play? I start with that you're a citizen of planet Earth and that has a calling attached to it. You live in a neighborhood, you're at a school, you are driving down the highway, you're a citizen of this country. And then the spaces, I I like to talk about the different roles that you have in society. You might be a captain of the team. You might be the first chair in the, uh, the band. You're definitely a student. Maybe you're a manager at work those different spaces or roles that God has given you also are, are opportunities for love and service. And so I, I try to just get them this, to, uh, I mean, literally start with the small stuff, start with the small stuff rather than shifting immediately to what is this great thing I'm going to do in life, which hopefully you will praise God if you do, but start with the small stuff. And that's because when you, when you look at um, the saints of God, or I call them maybe the Lutheran all-stars, if you want to talk about those who have done, quote, great things, uh, whether it's Martin Luther or Dietrich Bonhoeffer or uh, Rosa Young or uh, whoever it might be. They, 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 in each case, they just started with the faces, the places, and the spaces. They started with the small stuff, the, the, the little things today that God has given you to do. And then... It was God then that just did something big with it. And that usually we can't control, but we can control how we live our daily lives and how we see each person, each situation as an opportunity for, for, for sacred interaction, a sacred calling from God. 
We're continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Leininger. He is campus pastor and pre-seminary director at Concordia University, Chicago, and author of Callings for Life, God's Plan, Your Purpose. We'll continue the conversation right here on the Coffee Hour in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Leininger, past campus pastor and pre-seminary director at Concordia University, Chicago, and author of Callings for Life, God's Plan, Your Purpose from Concordia Publishing House, and continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series. We've been talking about callings or vocations and conversations that you get to have with students and, and others in your life about callings and vocations. And the book helps us, helps the reader discern those vocations and what those vocations mean. What about when the conversation goes to the direction of vocations in the church, particularly church work or church vocations, serving as pastors or deaconesses or teachers or directors of Christian education, you know, the, the, the multiple offices in, I mean, it's a long list of <laughs> multiple offices in our church body. When the conversation goes that direction, how do you begin a conversation about that with the students that, that you serve or others that you might get to have conversations with about callings and vocations? I usually start with I lead off with, uh, you're going to be overworked, underpaid, and underappreciated. And then we sort of go from there. <laughs> like a perfect salesman, right? <laughs> great. No, I, I, I say that in a joking way, but it's hard. It's really hard. But I love what I do. And I can't imagine doing anything else. And so I, I, I do talk with people about, well, this isn't for everyone, obviously, and it's not the only way to serve God and you're not closer to God just because you serve in the church. But I, I just like to talk about my own personal joys in ministry. I think one with the whole set apart to serve initiative, which has been wonderful and successful, one of the key things that's emerged from all this is that joyful church workers breed more joyful church workers. Mm. That when when we identify what's working, humanly speaking, in a particular congregation or school, what we find is these these servants in the church who have joy in what they do tend to generate enthusiasm and interest and develop this this calling for church work that people have. And so I'd like to just talk about like you know I'll just say like. Four things, maybe I'll just throw this out. Four things that I find real blessing in full-time ministry. And one is just the sort of rediscovery of the gospel as it applies to you. Um, I'm around the word of God all the time. And so is a deaconess and so is a Lutheran school teacher and so, so is a church musician and a DCE. I'm surrounded by 
the gospel by the word of God. I am like literally working in the means of grace, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I never thought it would be one of the joys that it actually means that I it it, it edifies me personally that that I, I learn more and more that the gospel is for me. First of all, of course, because we fail in ministry. But secondly, because being so surrounded by the means of grace, we've got like Jesus and his words always in my ears. And and so that was kind of a surprising uh, joy in ministry. So that's that's the first one I like to talk about is like, you, it, you actually edified through this. Another thing I talk about is just the the joy of being with people in different stages and seasons in life, whether it's when you're a pastor, you get to be by by people's side in their in their joyful times and then in their hardest times. I think about Lutheran teaching, the most influential people in my life, other than my parents were my teachers. And they were they were part of my life in these incredibly formative years. Yes, teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic, but but more importantly, the, uh, the redemption of, of Christ. And so you get to be with people in these these various stages and seasons, and you get to sometimes see them grow up even, and you get to see, remember them when they're a little kid in Sunday school, and then you get to see them sent all over the world. That's a, that's a real joy. And a third joy that I like to talk about is just maybe from a, from a pastor's perspective, since that's my, my, one of my callings right now is just the, the multitude of tasks that I get to do. So I, I'll just say it this way, you guys, like what other job you have where I get to work with young people and old people, and I get to work in small groups and with individuals. I get to work with music and study and writing and public speaking. And in the, I, I get to like clean the bathroom. <laughs> I get to work with the preschool kids. I get to work with the elderly. I get to counsel. I mean, it's, I mean, it's sort of like, what are the job you have, which just uses this multiple of multiplicity of tasks and talents that you have, and you get to place them all on the altar of God. And that's a, that's a real joy being able to use all my gifts you know, in a variety of ways. And then I know this is a lot, but my, my, my fourth kind of joy I like to talk about is that every day I come into work or I visit somebody or I do something on behalf of the university, I know that I'm making an eternal impact, that there is a promise connected to the word of God, that it endures forever and that it does not return to him empty. And there are good and godly vocations in the world. And we need to fill those with good Christians, strong Christians. But for me personally, to know that though I can't always see the increase and I can't always see how it's going to work out, I can say today, today I sowed the seeds of the word of God. And that has an eternal promise connected to it. And so I'm like, well, what else do I want to really be doing? Right? What else do I do I personally really want to be engaged in when I know that what I'm doing has has eternal implications. So those are those are the four things I like to talk about. I like to I like to say that there's a rediscovery of the gospel for yourself. I like to talk about the stages and seasons of people's lives. I like to talk about the multiple tasks that you get to do, and then of course that that eternal impact. 
Those are all great things for young people to be considering. What do you see in these, in all of your interactions with the students that you get to talk with? What are the things that really draw these young people to church work? It always comes down to two things. People and the word of God. Mm. If you love people and you love the word, uh, and when that those two things come together in in a young person, then that's that's a really really great sign that you're going to have a blessed ministry. People in the Word of God, like in a way, it's like they're the only two things that aren't going to be burned up in the fire in the end, right? <laughs> before the new creation, before the new heavens and the new earth, people will will still be here, and the Word of God will endure. And so, if you if you find a young person, or if maybe there's somebody out there listening. Um, that's interested in church work. It's a people business. It's, and people, by the way, are sinful, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> and they don't stop sinning when they enter church work, by the way, you know, and people in congregations also have sin. So it's, it's, it's a tough business because you're working with people. But if you love people, if you get along with them, if you're, if you're energized by interacting with a fellow creature of God, it's a, it's a real good sign. And then being in the word, you know, loving the words, wanting to study it, wanting to share it, wanting to dissect it, wanting to sing it, wanting to teach it, wanting to preach it, want, wanting to live it. When those two things come together, it's a, it's a really great sign for a blessed church professional. I think you mentioned earlier that you really like what Set Apart to Serve is about, what we're doing with Set Apart to Serve. Why is it important for us to con to encourage young people to consider church work vocations? Two things. One, one, humanly speaking, humanly speaking, we really need church workers. We are desperate for teachers and pastors and deaconesses and DCEs. I mean, it's Jesus said a lot of true things. <laughs> I mean, everything Jesus said was true, right? But he's when he said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Man, the Lord really, really was spot on with that one. We really need church workers. So that's one thing. And along with that is there are positions out there, especially I'm thinking about Lutheran teachers. We, If you go into Lutheran teaching, and you're just a little bit flexible about where you go and travel and want to live, you will have a job because we so much need them. So that's sort of humanly speaking, we really we need need church workers. And, and the second thing is that Jesus has promised to take care of his church. The Lord has said that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And that includes those who will serve the church. So we know that the Lord is that the Lord is going to take care of us. The excitement is that how is he going to be who's he going to do be doing that through? And do you get to be a part of that? And so sometimes we can get very negative about the numbers and that that's all true. The, the stats are out there and the demographic shift and the cliff and all that stuff. But but Jesus has promised, given us a promise that his word will endure and that he will send laborers into the harvest. And so from a positive angle, I like to share with people that you get to be part of Christ fulfilling this promise to the church. And so for both, for both those reasons, I just would really encourage young people, consider this, this, this special calling to serve the church. 
So then how do you see at Concordia Chicago, how does this environment at Concordia support all of the students who are there doing just that and pursuing church work for their future vocations? It's a, it's a fun time. There's a lot of, I think, positive energy on our campus. We have a vibrant worship life. We have meals together. We have studies, study together. We go to mission on mission trips together. So the, the ministry itself has the joy and enthusiasm on the campus. And I think that sort of helps those who are considering church vocations. People come here that, that decide they want to go into it when they're here. And I think all of those things, all the activities that we do, like I said, the Bible study, the youth ministry, the service projects, the mission trips, the studying of God's word, the, the vibrant worship life, all of those things combined together for hopefully a God-pleasing and healthy atmosphere, which tends to get, you know, people tend to get more excited rather than less when they come here. And I think that's a good thing. <laughs> Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Leininger, he is campus pastor of Concordia University, Chicago, also serves as director of the pre-seminary program there and author of Callings for Life, God's Plan, Your Purpose from Concordia Publishing House. Dr. Leininger, thank you so much for joining us on The Coffee Hour. This has been a lot of fun for me and thank you for the work and ministry that you do and just would say, keep praying everybody and stay positive. Jesus loves us and there are some exciting things ahead in the areas of church work for us. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.